Discover the ins and outs of the oil and gas industry right now with Roy Holly, Kim Bilotto, and Alvin Bailey in the Oil Patch. Brought to you by Shale Magazine and Steer. Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, sponsored by Steer and the Calic Auto Group. Hi, everybody. I'm Roy Holly, along with Kim Bilotto and Alvin Bailey, and we have a great show for you today. Alvin Bailey has Ask the Expert with Omar Garcia, who talks about the future of the industry. Kim Bilotto will be visiting with Railroad Commissioner David Porter, and you'll have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant. And the oil patch starts in 60 seconds. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. You know, I could spend the next 60 seconds telling you how Blue Bonnet Ford sells more Super Duty trucks than any other dealer in South Texas. I could also tell you that Blue Bonnet Ford sells more fleet vehicles than any other Ford dealer in South Texas. I could even tell you about the 13 President's Awards that Blue Bonnet Ford has received, but I'd rather tell you why. Look, it's no secret the oil patch will punish your work trucks day in and day out and even your built ford tough trucks well they need to be serviced too so do you let them sit for weeks at your local dealership or do you call teresa you see blue bonnet ford has teresa when you call teresa her team will pick up your ford truck for service and provide you with a 24-hour diagnosis most authorized repairs are done and your truck is delivered back to the oil patch in just a few days that's the blue bonnet difference so don't let downtime cost you thousands call teresa today and keep your fleet working here's the number 210-643-4391 Again, write it down, 210-643-4391, or check us on the web at bbmotors.com. Blue Bonnet Ford, a proud member of the Caleg Auto Group. Welcome to In the Oil Patch. Kim Bilotto, you're the publisher of Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. What is Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine? Well, good evening, Roy. Shale Magazine is a hybrid publication that's really designed to educate the community, businesses, business leaders, elected officials, and anyone who's interested in learning about oil and gas. We try to break down topics that are sometimes a little bit difficult to understand, and hopefully the community is getting better educated to all the wonderful things that are happening in the oil and gas uh, sector. Kim, why is advertising so important in the oil and gas industry? I think it's important for the industry to develop basic communication with the community and the leaders that are basically making decisions on oil and gas. But I also think it's important to grow your business. It's not that easy to get in front of oil and gas and discuss different types of uh, products and commodities that you might have for sale. And we do that very well about helping businesses get in front of oil and gas and promote economic development. Kim, what can we expect to see in the next issue of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine? Well, Roy, I'm glad you're asking because we're really excited to have our latest issue out of Shell Magazine in which the cover is Commissioner Sinton. He is the newest elected railroad commissioner. He has great vision, and I'm really, really excited to give our readers an in-depth and close-up of Commissioner Sinton. Kim, if somebody wants to promote their company in either Shale Magazine or here on In the Oil Patch, who should they contact? We're always suggesting you go to the website because there's so much information up there. They can go to shell, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com, and there are areas where they can fill out for information on advertising or if they just want to stay in the loop with our latest information that comes out in a digital format. If not, they're always welcome to email me personally at Kim, K-Y-M, at shellmag, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G. Alvin Bailey, what are you asking the expert today? Well, Roy and Kim and Haley, welcome to the show today. The $64,000 question that everybody's asking is, 
What's the future of the oil and gas industry in Texas? Well, we'll visit with Omar Garcia about that very topic, and that's coming up next on In the Oil Patch. Do you know what it takes to be number one? Do you know what it really means to be number one, like number one in the whole United States? Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here to tell you about Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram Trucks. They're number one in Ram chassis sales in 2014 for the whole country. And number one sales means number one inventory. With hundreds of Ram chassis available and upfitted from a standard flatbed to mechanic service and crane bodies to accommodate every industry. Whether farming, ranching, construction, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, delivery, hotshot, or even oil and gas, the team at the Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram Commercial Truck Center has your inventory. Call today for your best deal. Let me give you the phone number. It's 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 or visit bbdodge.com. The Bluebonnet Chrysler Dodge Ram Commercial Truck Center, 547 South Seguin Avenue in New Braunfels, and a proud member of the Kalig Auto Group. Here's Alvin Bailey with our brand new segment, Ask the Expert. Billions of barrels of oil buried deep below the Texas soil has changed the economic landscape for so many small Texas towns. We've seen new infrastructure projects along with countless stories of development and thriving economies in areas where the occasional tumbleweed was the only traffic on a given road for hours and hours. Now we have a slight downturn in the price of oil. Is this all a bust? I don't think so, but that's why we asked the experts. Welcome, Omar Garcia, president of STEER, the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. Thanks, Alvin. Thank you for having me here. Omar, what's the future of the industry? Well, the future of the industry is strong in Texas. Uh, the sky is not falling, contrary to what most people think. There's still plenty of drilling activity uh, going on throughout the state of Texas, whether it's in the Permian Basin or the Eagleford Shell. Um, as you know, oil prices are cyclical. This is not the first downturn we've experienced. Nobody thought that oil was going to be sustainable at $100 a barrel, just like we don't think it's going to be sustainable at $50 a barrel. As I mentioned, prices are cyclical, and you know the industry will adjust, and drilling will continue, and jobs will continue to be created in South Texas. This drop in oil prices isn't like that of the 1980s when there was a fear of reserves. Today, technology is different. We know there's plenty of reserves and companies will explore those options. Many of these companies have made significant investments in the Eagleford, over billions of dollars. Some companies in 2014 invested over $2 billion alone in the Eagleford. These are investments that companies are not going to walk away from. They know that when prices rebound, additional drilling will come back online, you know, just to, just to put things into perspective. Uh, in 2014, there was over 220 rigs in the Eagleford shell. Right now, given the current market conditions, you're seeing about 140. So, 140 rigs is still a very impressive number, and you're still seeing a lot of oil being produced in South Texas. In fact, production uh, is up to almost 1.7 million barrels per day in the Eagleford Shell. We must continue to educate our children and the future workforce. Uh, this is important to bring up, Alvin, because as people are being laid off, they're going into different industries. No one knows when prices are going to rebound, but the future workforce is going to be very important to the industry because this is a long-term sustainable play, and we have got to train the kids not only in South Texas but throughout the state on the oil and gas industry, get them excited, get them to take not only the blue-collar jobs but the white-collar, the engineers, the geologists, the chemists, a lot of great opportunities for young kids in Texas to go into the oil and gas field. The 1980s caused us to miss literally a whole generation of people that don't work in the oil and gas industry. If you want to talk about lessons learned, we don't want to make that mistake again. We want to be prepared when drilling goes back and prices go back at a level where we can see increased activity, that we have the skilled workforce that is trained, 
A skilled workforce is great for everybody because it ensures safe operations. And if you want to talk about a few things that would affect the oil prices today, number one would be lifting the oil ban. We, as in the United States, cannot export oil. If we were able to export oil, we could compete on a global market. And that is something that industry is working with with our, with our elected officials in Washington so that we can eventually be competitive on a global market, which will help bring back more jobs into the oil field and make sure that these shell plays in the United States are viable and long-lasting. So in closing, Omar, education is vital to the future of the industry in Texas. Absolutely. To be honest with you, we are working very hard to ensure that the future generations of Texans are educated and are aware of the opportunities in the oil and gas industry moving forward. Hey, we have an awesome group of industry experts available and eager to answer your questions about the oil and gas industry in Texas. Email your questions to expert at shalemag.com. Again, expert at shalemag, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. I'm Roy Holly, along with Alvin Bailey, and our host, Kim Bellato, who has Texas Railroad Commissioner David Porter on the line. Commissioner Porter? Yes. Okay, we're going to begin. I'm good. How are you? We Doing are, well. uh, let me like to start by welcoming you to In the Oil Patch. Thank you for coming and uh, talking to the listeners about what is going on with the Railroad Commission. I'd, we also do have a very special guest in studio as well, the Vice President of External Affairs for Steer, Haley Curry. Welcome, Haley. Welcome, Commissioner Porter. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back, Kim. Well, we're always glad to have a visit from one of the Railroad Commissioners, and especially Commissioner Porter. In past shows, we've discussed that on the first of the month, we like to bring in someone from Steer and someone from the Railroad Commission to give our listeners a little bit of an update on what's happening out in the state of Texas. And so, Commissioner Porter, do you mind covering the most current drilling stats statewide for the Eagle Ford Shell or specifically for the Eagle Ford Shell? Yes, I'd be glad to give you some statistics. And these are as of March. The number of rigs active in Texas were 422. The number of drilling permits for the year were 2,949. And as far as Eagleford permits, as of March, we had 742. And how does that compare to, um, say, the month before? Well, uh, the, the figures I have in front of me are actually entire figures for 2014. The Eagleford had a total of 5,613 permits for all of 2014, and we're 742 through March, which is, of course, a quarter of the year. And would you say that the production has kind of leveled off right now in the Eagleford, Commissioner? Production very much has plateaued and leveled out. The the figures I have on actual Eagleford production, and these are January-February numbers. And uh, a caveat, the way the commission gets the information in, we're adjusting those numbers up for two or three months as all the reports get corrected and put in. But, for example, the average per barrel production in the Eagleford for January and February of 2015 was 934,000 barrels, and it was a million thirteen average for 2014. Now, like I said, the 15 numbers will probably end up being adjusted upward somewhat, but um, so that, that's fairly flat. Well, we know how important the railroad commissioner's job is as far as regulating drilling activity in the Eagle Ford as well as in the state of Texas. Um, Haley, can we discuss a little bit about STEER and its importance within the Eagle Ford Shell and what you guys, your general mission is? Sure. 
And our general mission is to be the conduit between industry and the local stakeholders. So anything from local officials to academia to the media, anyone who is um, working or working with direct or indirectly with the oil and gas industry, the Eagle Ford, that's who our target audience is. Uh, we do everything from speaking engagements to, you know, getting information from our company so that we can be educated on, you know, different safety performance and environmental enhancement things that our companies are inputting into South Texas every single day to make everything safer and um, and to and to develop more and more efficiently in in the shale, which helps when you're looking at a lower price in oil, and which is mainly what we're targeting in the Eagle Ford right now is oil and, and then condensate. When you can drive down those costs and those efficiency efficiencies and be a more prudent operator, you're going to overall be able to continue to develop in the area. Commissioner Porter, we are right now in session and I'd like for you and Haley to kind of just discuss, I want to get your thoughts on a very important bill passed yesterday in the Senate. It already passed in the House. Can you tell me a little bit about um, your thoughts on House Bill 40 and Senate Bill 1156 and the significance of it? And then Haley, uh, like for you to weigh in as well. In, in my opinion, really, I think what HB 40 did is it um, just kind of stated clearly as far what I what I have considered uh, the the state of the law in Texas is that the railroad commission is the primary regulator of the oil and gas industry in the state. I think it just. In my opinion, it clarified existing law, and we're committed to going ahead and making sure that we continue to protect the health and safety of the citizens of Texas, as well as uh, make sure our regulations are in a safe, effective, and economically reasonable so that the oil and gas industry will continue to produce the energy that Texas needs in a safe and responsible manner. Haley, what are your thoughts on that? I think the commissioner was spot on in, in his assessment of what this both of those sister bills um, are attempting to lay out. It's always been a gray area. We, we think we know how we want to move forward as an operator in an area, but this lays out what a municipality or an entity can look at when it comes to ensuring the safety and health of their constituency, which is their charter, and the Railroad Commission, which is the predominant oil and gas regulator in our state, be able to do their job with their regulations and their rules at the same time. So how do you marry those two together and how do you balance them? It's been a gray area for a long time, and I think these two bills really look at and lay out who gets what predominance in in different areas so there's still it lays out for for municipalities what type of setbacks they can look at for their areas and it looks at the railroad commission clearly defining their permit structure and and landowner rights in the state of texas well you know there's also a whole other area that is gray which is the aftermath of like if we were to see anti-fracking bills occur the the sheer amount of litigation that would occur after the fact in which the citizens of that city would be saddled with those huge enormous amounts of you know litigation fees just to figure this out so i think that personally we're ahead of the game of trying to understand that this is needs to be spelled out better 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm very proud of this legislative session or the legislators in this session to get it right and to get ahead of this as opposed to being in a reactor type mode. Commissioner Porter, you have vocalized that the U.S. needs a sensible, balanced energy plan. What does that plan look like to you? There are a lot of things that we need to do. I think number one among the things that we need to do, and certainly one of the most important, would be to go ahead and lift the export ban on U.S. crude oil. I We totally agree with you. I'm number sorry. one, absolutely. <laughs> I totally yes. agree with you. And um, Haley, do, can you kind of weigh in on why you think it's important to do that? Well, I think in general, if you're going to look at the most simplistic economic supply and demand structure that you learn in grade school, it's you have an oversupply. Mm -hmm. And we have this resurgence through technology of hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling to be able to develop these resources in the United States. Um, The ban was needed when it was. And it is now not needed anymore. And I've always thought you should be able to learn from the past, but don't let it affect your future. And when we're talking about a global economy, you can't say, well, not you oil, step back. You know, we have a product that we can have an even playing field. When you're looking at Brent and you're looking at WTI, there's a $10 discrepancy because we can't export that product. And if we could, we would eliminate that discrepancy you would immediately have a price correction in WTI, which is what Eagle Ford, Permian Basin, everything mm-hmm. is traded off of. And I think it would help, you know, I know it would help our operators out. And I think it would bring some stability to the industry as a whole. Um, instead of having these extreme volatile ups and downs, if we can if we can export our product on a global price, then it's going to stabilize the industry a little bit. I mean, obviously, Oil and gas is always going to be cyclical. It's the way it's going to be. But I think you'll see some stabilization, which everybody would like. How do you yeah, see that? And if I can interrupt you for a second, Haley. Always. Three, three million barrels a day of production in Texas, $10 a barrel. That's $30 million additional income to the Texas economy each and every day. Those Did, are unbelievably. That's mm-hmm. money being left on the table for schools for our infrastructure, for law enforcement, for social programs. Absolutely. Does this also owners? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, forget them. Tell us a little bit about how do you see this? If if the ban was lifted, how would it also impact OPEC or would it? Well, it would probably not be something that OPEC would be in favor of since it would tend to reduce their impact on the world oil market but it was it was the biggest understatement (laughs) so we could see that honestly opec might not even be a possible issue if we lifted the ban for the united states with with the world and setting price i think over time if we were able to produce what we're capable of producing in the united states and also including canada and Mexico and that in North America that OPEC would become irrelevant other than Saudi Arabia, which is still going to be a major world player on the market for the foreseeable future. I think the question is, what is the definition of energy independence? You know, some people say that's 100 percent independence and some people say that just means we can use to power our nation. We can use a majority of our own resources to do that. That doesn't mean we're not always going to need. There are different grades of crude oil. There are different grades of condensate that we need to do different things that come from different parts of the world. So it's not necessarily saying we're never going to get 
oil imported from other places. We have to. It's the type of of oil and the crude that we need to do some things in the United States. It's just saying that we can we can do most of that from the United States or we can do most of that with Canada or Mexico. Well, you know, that's so important to lead into a section of who we're electing. And obviously the ban would do a number of great things for the United States and for Texas. And being engaged and being involved is part of why Shell exists and in the oil patch to talk to the very community that's voting in elected officials because they truly are the people who are making the decisions for the greater good for the state and the United States. And so I encourage our listeners to get involved in understanding where your elected officials stand on topics that might be important to you. Commissioner Porter, you are up for re-election in 2016. Are you planning on running for the railroad commissioner commissioner again? And if so, what is the most important thing to you in this election cycle? Yes, I am planning on it. I I am going to. I would say our regulatory framework is still the most important. It, it's imperative to have balanced, consistent regulations that are based on science and facts that allow industry to efficiently and economically produce the power needed to power Texans and the Texas economy, while ensuring that public safety and our natural environment are protected. Texas has the best regulatory framework in the nation, and we need to make sure that the federal government knows that we in Texas know how to regulate our state energy production better than they do. Getting informed and getting educated on what is truly um, science-based information is the most important thing when you're going to go and elect someone, you know, know your stance and, of course, be willing to vote on uh, what you think is in the best interest of the state. I'd like to thank you, Commissioner Porter, for coming to be a guest on In the Oil Patch. And again, for our listeners, once a month, we will have the Railroad Commission come in and cover where we are with our drilling and some statewide statistics, as well as just getting us informed on anything that we need to know. Thank you, Commissioner Porter. Thank you again, Kim. I enjoy being on your show. Thanks for having me again. Bye, Commissioner. So, Haley, um, Commissioner Porter is rerunning again, which is great. I think that um, he's been an excellent uh, railroad commissioner. Um, One of the things that he did as a commissioner was created a task force, um, the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force, you know, what a visionary to create this and uh, put it into, you know, community use. Mm-hmm. I think any time that you bring industry, regulators, business, and stakeholders into one room to let them learn and grow from each other, you're going to have positive impacts. Um, and so I think that Commissioner Porter has has put these together on the thought process that if we all just can take a second and get in the room then we're going to learn a lot more and we're going to be able to forward project our industry to everybody else. And we'll be able to educate our base on the different implementations and projects that our companies are working on and that the Railroad Commission is is working on rules related to on saving water, reusing water, using more brackish water. Um, that I, We had a, a meeting all about that a couple months ago and, and it's it's a great time for all of us to be together and think about that. Well, I think, you know, in looking at Commissioner Porter and his past, I don't believe I would qualify him as an elected official. I think I would say that he was a businessman who came into public office 
And that vision or that understanding of being a business, I think, really mm-hmm. encouraged the Eagle Force Shell Task Force to bring all everyone together. And because he has grown into being one of the best elected officials out there in his role, I think it has served him well. But I do think it was his outside uh, influence that came in and kind of really shaped the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force. For sure. I think all of the commissioners come from that business background that helps them know a knowledge base to be able to make the rules and regulations that will help both everyone in the industry and everyone um, who live in Texas. Well, Haley Curry with Steer, Vice President of External Affairs, thank you so much for coming in. And we appreciate your commitment to come in once a month as well and talk to our listeners about what Steer is working on. Great. Thank you. you You know, Kim and, and Haley, Texas is very fortunate to have three outstanding railroad commissioners. We've got David Porter, Christy Craddock, and our third and newly elected railroad commissioner, who happens to be the subject of today's contest. You are correct, Alvin. We've got a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas, for the first person to email me the correct answer of the trivia question. Who is the newest elected Texas Railroad Commissioner? Do I get to do this? No. No. (laughs) That would be cheating. (laughs) Remember, we have David Porter, Christy Craddock, and a third newly elected. What's your email address, Kim? It's Kim, K-Y-M, at shellmag, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's Kim, K-Y-M, at shellmag.com. We'll be back to In the Oil Patch in 60 seconds. Hi, Alvin Bailey for the good folks at North Park Toyota. Hey, here's some trivia for you. Can you name the only full-size pickup truck that's built in Texas? If you said the Toyota Tundra, you'd be right. Toyota Tundra pulled the space shuttle, so yeah, it can handle your trailer and your boat. Tundra is available in 18 different configurations of six trim levels that can all tow more than five tons. And North Park Toyota is your Tundra headquarters. The number one Tundra dealer in Central and South Texas, and for good reason. The best price, the largest selection, and the best customer service. Come see why North Park Toyota is a four-time winner of the Toyota President's Award for Outstanding Customer Satisfaction. To get to North Park Toyota, take I-35 South to the Foster Road exit and follow the signs. You can call 210-635-5000 or log on to nptoyota.com. North Park Toyota, a proud member of the Caleg Auto Group. Kim and Alvin, great show today. Where can our listeners find a podcast of today's show? Oh, Roy, I'm so glad you're asking that. All of the shows are on podcast and can be found uh, on shellmag.com. So if you have missed or you'd like to go back and, and listen to any of the past guests we've had, I encourage you to go back to or go to shellmag.com where all of our shows are podcast now on our website. And we encourage them to share them on their social media platform to get the word out on in the oil patch and what we're trying to do here, which is educate the community. Thanks, everybody, for being here. That about does it for this week's In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer and the Calic Auto Group. For Ken Belato, Alvin Bailey, I'm Roy Holly. So long. You've been listening to In the Oil Patch with Roy Holly, Kim Bellato, and Alvin Bailey. Brought to you by Shale Magazine and Steer. 